Hey everyone, my guest today is pragmatist scholar Sammy Peelstrom. Dr. Peelstrom is professor of philosophy of religion at the University of Helsinki and president of the Philosophical Society of Finland. Dr. Peelstrom is also the author of countless books and articles which can be found in the show notes. We discuss the history of the philosophy of American pragmatism along with the main ideas within that philosophy. Dr. Peelstrom's work focuses mostly on the pragmatism of William James, along with themes such as the philosophy of religion, transcendental philosophy, ethics, metaphysics, as well as issues of realism. Before we start the show, I just want to say how grateful I am for those who have been listening. I've already I've been blown away uh, at the amount of positive feedback that I've been getting already, and I'm really excited for where this show is going. If you are enjoying the show, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes, and please consider donating as little as a dollar a month to our Patreon account. I want to improve the quality of the show and produce written content on the website, as well as some other projects such as events, meetups, and video content. Thank you guys so much for all your support. Now, without further ado, here's Sammy Peelstrom. So my my website and my podcast are, is called Pragmatic Christian. Um, I personally got so much value out of exploring pragmatism for my own uh, questions about life and faith. Uh, I came from a Christian background, specifically a Pentecostal Christian background, um, and I started to um, go through a process of deconstruction, questioning um, the assumptions the assumptions that I was raised with. And pragmatism has been such a help for me not to fall into complete nihilism and all the host of issues that come with that. Um, so it, it's had such an influence on me, and I want to share the... I think that pragmatism has um, benefits for a lot of people like me, a lot of people who specifically are coming from religious backgrounds, although I think it's valuable for um, very generally for the people of our time. I think it's a very uh, useful um, way of viewing the world. Um, So I, I really wanted to have you on to kind of, first of all, just as a launching point, to since you are a pragmatism scholar, um, if you could begin with a brief uh, intro into the history of pragmatism, when it started, um, who it started with, and then we can just launch off from there. Well, all, all right. Um, yeah. Well, as 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 we know, pragmatism is uh, basically an American philosophical tradition that got started. In, in late nineteenth uh, century, so the the names Charles Peirce, William James, uh, John Dewey, a little bit later, they're of course uh, the best known classic classical figures of of pragmatism, and um, it's perhaps slightly difficult to to determine exactly when pragmatism got started because there were these uh, you know the, the conversations Peirce and James and, and and others had at the so-called metaphysical club. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the 1870s, uh, and uh, and uh, the the word was probably used in in those in those discussions, and then then there are those uh, papers by Peirce from the late 1870s where where he formulates what has later become known as the pragmatic maxim or the pragmatic principle, 
uh, which James then refers to as 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 the principle of purse or, or something like that and 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 uh, and then it's actually James who, who then sort of picks up all, all that and 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 uh, and explicitly starts to to call that way of thinking pragmatism and and I think it, it was James who, who first put the word into print in 1898 and and then then of course it was James who authored the book called pragmatism a new name for some old ways of thinking in 1907 um so person James I, I think I think the sort of uh basic basic view as I suppose that most scholars share is is that person James co uh, co-established co-founded the the pragmatist movement and 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 they uh they of course uh were very different in many ways and, and they had they had different different roles to play in, in the establishment of, of the of the movement but but they are both equally important then of course there would be purse scholars who would say that purse was always the, like the more original thinker and, and and then james distorted some of purse's views and so on but hmm. but uh uh but i i don't think that's that's a very meaningful dispute really and why don't you feel that well i i think I think it's it's sort of clear that they they both had their own own ways of developing pragmatism in in uh, and original ways and 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 and, and certainly it, it's probably true that that um, in some ways James misunderstood Peirce as, as has often been claimed or maybe just didn't care too much about the sort of more logical uh, developments uh, that Peirce uh, was working working on. Uh, James was not that much into formal logic and mathematics, and that was, of course, really the uh, the core of of Percy's work. Mm -hmm. uh, so, for for James, it was more important to, in a way, put, put pragmatism into work in in, in philosophy, of religion, and and ethics, and, and so on. Mm. Yeah, and that's how most people um, that I know and come across, most people come towards pragmatism through James, um, yeah. through his questions of um, religion, through his varieties of religious experience. Um, so it might be helpful if you describe what Peirce's maxim or the pragmatic principle was and how did James um, take it and expand it um, towards a kind of theory of truth. All right. Um, well, uh, the, uh, the maxim that Peirce uh, formulated originally, uh, I think it, uh, the most famous formulation is in the 1878 paper, how to make our ideas clear. Mm -hmm. So, so it's, it's, it's a maxim that is uh, uh, intended to, to, to help us making our ideas clear as the title of the paper says and and it, it says basically i can't remember the the uh, uh the exact quote but but basically something uh like uh consider what effects that might conceivably have practical bearings we consider the object of our conception to have uh, our conception of those effects is then the, the whole of our conception of the object that might actually have been a verbatim quote, <laughs> uh, but I'm quoting out of memory, so I, I, I'm not sure. But uh, uh, so, so it's a, it's about the possible or conceivable practical effects that we take the objects of our views or ideas or theories or conceptions to have, and then then we should 
we should uh, uh, compare our our ideas about those objects in terms of those conceivable uh, conceivable uh, effects. Uh, but then James, uh, in a way, uh, uh, or perhaps I might put it this way: for 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 Peirce, uh, the paradigmatic case for the application of this maxim was the kind of uh, laboratory context of or, or experimental science context where, where you would determine the exact meaning of, of a certain scientific concept by means of referring to, to the practical experimental operations in, in, the, in the lab uh, uh, dealing, dealing with, with, the, with, with that particular object uh, to which that concept is supposed to refer. And, and uh, for James, that's, uh, that's not as interesting as it is for first. For, for James, it's more like you would, uh, you would be applying this maxim in what has later been called by Hilary Putnam, the laboratory of life, instead of a scientific research laboratory. So, 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 of course, James was then more interested in religious and ethical and also like metaphysical concepts. And then when, when James goes on to, to, to offer his formulation and, and his elaborations of, of this basic pragmatist idea, then he, he, he talks about metaphysical issues such as determinism and free will or theism versus atheism, materialism. Uh, or, uh, or, or the concept of substance, for instance, and, and also monism, pluralism, whether the world is one or many. So uh, issues of that kind. Um, so he expanded it. Uh, James expanded the maxim beyond the conceptual um, to the actual effects, the actual consequences of actions of beliefs of I of ideas um and he he seemed to um he proposed that we could test our ideas or our, or our beliefs um in the laboratory of life as putnam calls it um so how would that work uh practically how would someone use that way of thinking um towards let's just say religion how did james use this um prag pragmatism towards religion um i know he used it in his varieties without necessarily saying so um but how would we apply this way of thinking to religion and how did james do that well uh there is one thing about the maxim uh one one important difference between person james uh which i didn't mention so far and that's uh uh, the fact that Peirce always referred to the conceivable effects that the object of our idea or conception mm. might have. And then James is, is, is less clear about this. James does not uh, reject this reference to the object and, and the objects uh, or, or the effects of the object, but, uh, but he also talks about the effects that the belief or idea itself might have. And, and, and that, of course, uh, expands rather considerably this original maxim and 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 also expands it's really beyond to, to what Peirce ever ever had in mind and then of course when we move on to religion uh, uh, along these lines then uh, then you might 
uh, start talking about the, the, the practical effects that your believing in, in, in the reality of God, for instance, might have in, in your life. And, and, and of course, James was interested in that kind of uh, argument for, uh, for, for the rationality or acceptability of, of, uh, of religious belief all, all the way from, from, the, uh, from the earlier Will to Believe essays from the 1890s. Uh, to, to his uh, late work. In the varieties, uh, 1902, uh, there, is, there is a reference to, to Percy's maxim there. So, so, so James explicitly, uh, uh, explicitly uh, uh, links this, this, this discussion of the varieties of religious experience to pragmatism there. But of course, the uh, the book is mostly about all these individual experiences that, that people, re, religious people, have had or or or, or have, and and um, well, then then of course I'm, I guess the most straightforward way of arguing for for religious belief would then be that well well you can uh, uh, you can become happier or or in some sense it's it's sort of satisfactory for you in in your life to to. to to have such a belief and, and, and that makes it uh, pragmatically acceptable. But then uh, you also mentioned truth and, and we have to be careful in distinguishing between pragmatism as, 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 a, as per se, as, as a method of making our ideas clear, so a kind of a meaning, meaning theoretical maxim or, or principle related to, 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 uh, to, to what, what we actually mean by our concepts or what, what our uh, what our ideas or beliefs actually mean on the one hand and then on the other hand uh, there is the question whether those beliefs or, or the conceptions or theories we formulate by means of of our concepts uh, whether they are true and 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 for for James pragmatism is also a theory of truth in in that sense that that somehow somehow the the, the possible practical consequences uh, play a role in, 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 in determining the pragmatic truth of, of, of the belief. Mm. But then... I'm sorry? Yeah, but, but then, I mean, it's, it's not as straightforward as that. I mean, it, it's, I, I mean the, the kind of textbook version of, of James as maintaining something like the, the really problematic theory, so to speak, that, that, uh, uh, that a belief would be true simply if, if it makes makes us feel good or, or if it has good consequences for our, our lives that that's not really james's view it, it's it's it, that's too simple to mind yeah it, it's more like that's just where we can start right it's we can only ever start with our subjective experience and then that gets further tested over time in the laboratory of life, yeah. tested okay. against other experiences, tested against other people's experiences. Um, it's kind of like yeah. a Darwinian natural selection kind of thing over time, certain experiences, or if they are true or truer um, than others and they get selected over time. Um, is that a, is that a wrong way of putting it or is that a good analogy? Yeah, I guess it's a possible analogy. Certainly, none of the pragmatists was ever against critical testing of our beliefs and ideas. So, so even though James has occasionally been uh, 
been claimed to to uh, uh, encourage some some sort of wishful thinking or, or credulity. Uh, that's uh, I don't think that's that's so clear. That's of course the traditional charge against the the will to believe idea that he defended uh, in the 1890s. But uh, uh, but 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 I think there is always the critical and self-critical side to it. We we should constantly like like self-critically test our own not just our beliefs but also our our, our ways of, of arriving at those beliefs and, and it's an ongoing process mm-hmm. mm. and part of that is the fallibilism that is a part of pragmatism yeah. Yeah. um it's it's not a arrogant uh absolutist scientific uh you know way of believing in science and testing things out it's it's much more of a humble um yeah a lot more of a humble way of looking at things um that it's not just the super skeptical way of looking at things um that's what i appreciate so much about pragmatism is that it's not skeptical or arrogant it's it's fallibilist it's humble it's saying that there are limits to my understanding there are limits to what i can know and so because of that, because of that limitation, um, I have to be careful about how far I go with anything. I have to be, um, you know, self-critical, self-skeptical. Uh, um, uh, is that right? Can you talk a little yeah. bit more about that fallibilism? Because it leads into um, other themes of yours that I'd like to talk more about. Yeah, I think fallibilism is a, is, is a crucial dimension of pragmatism and and it was again something that was first very strongly emphasized by by Peirce in in relation to to science and 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 the methodology of, of scientific inquiry but also also then emphasized by by James in in this more uh, um, sort of uh, uh, or in this in this more general context where where you you would include ethics and, and religion and, and and everything has has to be sort of approached in this self-critical manner and and we should we should be ready to to uh, to revise and correct our our ideas uh, in all fields of life basically uh, not just science but 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 also also in, in ethics and religion if, if there is a reason to do so and and, and and that's that's part of part of critical thinking, really. Um, that goes well into a theme that, or a um, a subject that you write about um, a few times about re- genuine religion versus pseudo religion. Um, I think, if I've gathered correctly, you would say that that kind of humility, fallibilism, is. Um, inherent in genuine religion. It's a sort of perspective of humility towards that which is beyond you, um, which is very different than a sort of um, fundamentalist, absolutist, um, very certain belief, um, a very systematic theology way of thinking, you know, here's the list of all the ways that the world works, um, and this is absolutely true. Um, that's very against what you, what I've gathered you um, talking about about genuine religion. Can you talk a little bit more about um, the ideas of genuine religion versus pseudo religion, and kind of the background behind those ideas? 
Yeah, this is this is an extremely interesting and also difficult question. Mm-hmm. I I once wrote a paper on this topic uh, about a decade ago, and uh, and and actually it's partly uh, available as uh, as the concluding chapter of of the Pragmatic Pluralism and the Problem of God book, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and um, well, I I think first of all it it's it it's uh, it's obvious that it, it's it's extremely difficult to, to draw the line between uh, genuine religion, so to speak, and pseudo-religion, especially if you don't self-identify as religious. I mean, I, I sort of try to maintain a kind of neutrality mm-hmm. in this field. I, I don't I don't consider myself religious in, in any in any obvious sense, uh, but I, I I'm not against <laughs> against religion either. So so. So I, I sort of really try to avoid taking any any firm stand. I've been interested in religion uh, throughout my life, I suppose, but I've never subscribed to any any religious uh, dogmas, and I'm I'm not a member of any church, for instance. Mm-hmm. So so somebody might already right uh, right away uh, uh, wonder how 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 it's possible for for someone like me to talk about genuine religion if, if I don't think I'm religious myself in, in the first place and, and and so 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 there are there are obvious difficulties in, in, in making that distinction mm-hmm. uh, anyway uh, I think it's important to, to continue to reflect on on that difference even if you're not religious yourself because because it, it's uh, uh, it's it somehow so fundamentally related to the way in which religion and, and morality, uh, are are connected or, or linked with each other, and and uh, I think uh, in in the way in which I I have approached that issue in in the in that one paper and and also also the book, uh, it, it's primarily related to the uh, to the problem of evil. Uh, maybe not primarily, and not, not exclusively. There are also other. Other issues there, but but that's that that I think is at least one one very important uh, context in which or against which we we can uh, try to distinguish between uh, genuine and, and pseudo religion. This is also something that some uh, so-called Wittgensteinian or Wittgenstein-inspired philosophers have have discussed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and not, now, uh, if we if we use that as an example, the problem of evil and suffering, I mean, then uh, uh, I would be willing to, to join those who who would say that that there is something pseudo-religious or or superstitious or or something insincere and dishonest in the attempts to to, to formulate what has been called a theodicy, mm-hmm. uh, a kind of an overall explanation and justification for the for the reality of evil and suffering uh, uh, in such a way that it, it, it in a way excuses God if, if you believe in God and and, and uh, tries to to show how how God has or at least might have good moral reasons or morally good reasons for allowing something like that to to, to take place like like the, the horrendous, uh, uh, evils there there are and have been in, in history. This is a theme I have actually explored in another book uh, 
uh, jointly with Sari Kivistö, we, we authored uh, a book called Kantian Anti-Theodicy. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, uh, uh, it also has a chapter on pragmatism, but, it, but it's, it's not just like, uh, it's not only pragmatism. It, it, it also discusses literature uh, quite a lot because my co-author is, is professor of literature. And so, so it's, a, it's, a, yeah, it's a work that entangles philosophical and literary perspectives and on this on this issue, and, and, and well, the pseudo-religion theme is not not very explicit there, but but we do mention it there as well. Um, so, why, in your opinion, specifically in the context of um, evil, should or why are theodicies problematic, and why should we reject them not only as pragmatists, but um, but in general, why are they problematic? Um, why would they, as you suggest, be unethical? Um, and immoral. What's the problem there? Well, um, one way of putting it is, is, is by saying that uh, somehow a theodicy, which, as I said, tries to offer this sort of overall justification uh, for for evil, somehow it it, it overlooks or or uh, or fails to recognize the the individual sufferer's perspective, mm-hmm. the the way in which things look. From the point of view of, of the person who who has to go through such experiences, uh, so it, it in a way uh, fails to recognize the uh, the, the perspective of, of the victim, mm-hmm. and and um, and and of course the historically uh, uh, paradigmatic uh, piece of, of of literature would would be the Book of Job in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. where where there is the the story of of of, of Job, who, well, everybody knows the story, uh, who has to go through horrible sufferings, and then there are the friends who, who come to 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 comfort him and, and and try to offer all kinds of, as we could now say, theodicist explanations and justifications for God's allowing Job to suffer, and and Job doesn't accept any of them because he he he, he finds all of them somehow insincere and, and and not really speaking to his. To his situation, mm. this is actually analyzed uh, by by Kant in, in in his Theodicy essay, which I think is quite important in, in this in this field, and which we also also discuss in in, in our book. Uh, but of course, this is rather far from pragmatism. But but then then I think it's it's rather obvious when we take a look at what James has to say about this. It's it's rather obvious that he's uh, he's also opposed to to in, any of those theodicies, and it's actually part of his his pragmatism quite quite clearly in the sense that I that I think it's it's like uh, well when when you open the book pragmatism, it it, it actually. Uh, in, in the first chapter or, or first lecture, it's it's a collection of lectures. There is there is a discussion of the problem of evil, and then then he also also returns to to that topic uh, towards the end of the book, and, and in in that way, it's kind of framed by his considerations of, of evil, though they are relatively brief. But 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 um, but somehow it's related to his pragmatic criticism of of the monistic idealistic metaphysics that some of the Hegelian philosophers of his times in particular were were maintaining and and and, and in that sense it's 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 an important part of, of his pragmatist views I would say um can you talk a little bit more about 
about that, about the ethical test. Um, uh, William James talks about that, that we have to be aware, that we have to listen to the cries of the wounded. Um, can you talk a little bit more? This is also connecting to um, Emmanuel Levinas's work and the other. Um, can you talk a little bit more about how um, we use the perspectives of the other um, as, you know, within our pragmatic test when we're considering things. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that ethical test? Well, yeah, I think the other is an important category for James because James, as, as, as you know, James is a pluralist in, in the sense that, that, that you can't just reduce everything into an overall uh, monistic uh, like total explanation, there is no 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 such way way of like totalizing uh, everything into a single single uh, picture of the world, so to speak, and 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 so so we have to take seriously the perspectivalness of, of human experience. There are individuals who who, who face the world uh, from their different perspectives, and 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 it's part of that to to somehow take seriously individual suffering in 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 its perspectivalness. And and the phrase "the cries of the wounded" occurs in in the essay that has that has often been regarded as as James's only uh, explicit uh, article on on moral philosophy, namely the moral philosopher and the moral life. Uh, it's it's included in the in the Will to Believe collection, and um, well, uh, I think. Uh, Part of part of that is is that we, we should we should never sort of just uh, look aside the other and and their experiences, especially their experiences of suffering. We should try to to recognize and acknowledge them as 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 well as as we can, uh, and uh, and it's it's part of part of the pragmatic testing of of our ideas and and ways of thinking to to take seriously their potential ethical harmfulness and 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 in, in, the, in that sense we should be sensitive to, to the cries of the wounded and 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 there is the, the constant risk of, of being somehow deaf to the cries of the wounded uh, and and it's also interesting this is this is this can be related to, to James's other metaphor namely the metaphor of blindness which which he uses more explicitly. Uh, than the me metaphor of deafness, uh, he, he talks about our blindness to uh, to to other other human beings, sort of inner perspectives or something like that. It, it's it's it, it's the essay, or it was originally a popular lecture in the late 1890s called "On a Certain Blindness in Human Beings," and and uh, and I think that's 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 one of those writings by James that actually comes very close to Levinas mm -hmm. because the, it's precisely about the way in which we tend not to really see, I mean we tend to be blind in some sense blind to, to, to the face of the other. Mm -hmm. Of course he doesn't use that Levinasian language but, but, I, but I think it, it's an interesting comparison. Uh, there hasn't been that much scholarly discussion of the similarities between Levinas and James. There is this one book by Megan Craig, Levinas and James. Uh, but other than that, there are only some some articles, I guess, and some 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 references. I, I, 
I think that's 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 a link that maybe it should be pursued a little bit further. Mm. Yeah, I uh, I'm very interested in the idea that there's this sort of moral or ethical entanglement in our ability to think clearly. Period. If we aren't um, if we aren't aware or acknowledging of other people's perspectives, um, that it can damage or hinder our own ability to think clearly about other things, about things in general, to live well, um, and to be wise. Um, I think it was Raymond Gaeta who talked about, uh, more, that about moral wisdom, that to recognize other people, um, to recognize their suffering, their, um, their perspectives, um, is to be wise, that it's not to gain knowledge, it's to be wise. And uh, from a Christian perspective, you know, Jesus says the greatest commandment is to love God and love your neighbor. Those two things, the way we view the world at large is one, is completely entangled with how we relate to each other. And I, I see that same thing um, in James's writings, and it seems very close to what you're talking about, this sort of... Um, this way, this the, you can't relate to the world as as well as possible, or as well as you possibly can, if you don't relate to other people as well. That people are very much the pieces, the matter in the human world um, in general. Um, what would you, th- what do you think about that kind of idea? Because um, pragmatism is very. Um, humanistic uh schiller was the humanist pragmatist um can you speak a little bit more about the world being a human world and talk a little bit about objectivity because i know that that's something that comes up a lot when people are talking about pragmatism um is the question of objectivity um pragmatism gets criticized for not having a objective um view of truth that it is just psychological it is just subjective can you talk a little bit about objectivity and um and perhaps even its entanglement with the ethical side of philosophy uh viewing life um and everything that we've been talking about uh in the last couple minutes, yeah, there there's a bunch of issues here. I think uh, first of all, yeah, I mean um, somehow I I believe that taking seriously others' suffering, uh, or at least trying to do so, constantly trying to do so, perhaps also acknowledging that you to some extent inevitably fail to do so. Uh, that's that's in a way part of somehow relating to the world in general. And 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 in, in the book I mentioned the the one jointly authored with Sari Kivisto, we we also uh, this Kantian anti-theodicy book. We we also uh, suggest that that if we uh, if we uh, reject theodicies and 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 take suffering ser- seriously in this anti-theodicist uh, way, then uh, that in a way changes everything. That's mm-hmm. that's like a world changing. Uh, it, it's not just just a matter of, of somehow thinking about evil and suffering specifically. It, it's it's a matter of, of 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 thinking about the world in general. But that that's a long story. But then uh, uh, objectivity. Well, uh, certainly uh, there is this. Uh, if if we're if we're uh, following James and and perhaps also some other pragmatists in in uh, 
in emphasizing the uh, the individual perspectives and and experiences and 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 all that that there there is no sort of uh, uh, metaphysically privileged way the world is as it is in itself. It's it's always somehow only available from from our human perspectives, which are embedded in our practices and and so on. Then. Uh, Obviously, there is this question of objectivity and also the question of realism that, that must be uh, brought up. Uh, because according to some critics, pragmatism then uh, quite easily leads to something like anti-realism or, or subjectivism or relativism. And, and especially you mentioned Schiller, uh, <clears throat> the, the pragmatist who, who called his, his uh, view humanism. And, and, and Schiller, perhaps more explicitly than, than James or any other pragmatist, seems to maintain that somehow human beings really, in a way, make up the world. And, 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 and there, is, there really is no world, nor is there any truth, that would be completely independent of, of, of our human perspectives. Well, maybe for James, they're not completely independent either. But I think James, uh, James, is not, James doesn't go that far. It, it's... It's not not so easy to determine exactly how James and Schiller differ here, though. So 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 it's it's a complex question, but um, uh, yeah, I, I I can understand the worry that some uh, more strongly realist philosophers have about pragmatism and objectivity, but uh, but then I think it it's constantly it's been a, it's been an issue in the pragmatist tradition that you have to develop something like a pragmatist view of objectivity and realism you just can't reject realism and objectivity altogether yeah you, you have to reinterpret them in some pragmatic way some some practice uh, uh embedded uh way taking seriously uh uh the fact that there is no sort of uh practice independent way of of, of being in touch with with the world or or the, the world the, the the kind of uh fundamental structure that the world has independently of, of any human Human perspectives or human conceptualizations and categorizations, mm -hmm. uh, but, but uh, that doesn't mean that you that you, you could simply simply claim the world to be somehow made up by 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 human beings. Yeah. That that would be insane, of course. <laughs> yeah, I think he talks a little bit. Of, he talks about it in pragmatism, and I think also in the world to believe that the idea is that you know the world isn't just in our heads. Um, but what we believe about the world helps make the world become what it is that in a very real way, close to, um, process philosophers and theologians that not only is the world there beyond us, but we help make it according, you know, um, in regards to our actions that what we do helps construct the world. I mean, we can clearly oh, yeah. see that, you know, the world, the perfect, uh, Eden, uh, type of world before humans, you know, there's lots of nature, but there's lots of cities now. Like we have in a very real way, um, changed the world, um, in many ways. Sure. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, entire, I mean, there's theories that entire, you know, species of animals have gone extinct because of our influence. So to say that we don't help create the world uh, in a very real way, not in a subjective way, um, is to kind of um, lack a certain perspective. But I wanted to uh, to talk a little bit about that that critique that very that mischaracterizes pragmatism um, because I see. Um, I, 
I see a lot of people, especially Christians who I talk to, who have this idea of pragmatism in their head. Um, that is what we were just talking about. It's very subjective. It's relative. It's the idea of what works, that whatever works is true. And um, I know you're in Finland, but uh, our our new president, Trump, gets called a pragmatist on a pretty regular basis. Uh, I, I've read articles, you know, talking about like, what does he believe? Well, he's a pragmatist. Whatever works, um, you know, is true for him. And I, I think that that's a vast mix, mischaracterization of, um, of pragmatism. Um, can you talk a little bit about that mischaracterization and um, how we may properly um, think of pragmatism? And you can even use Trump as an example if you want to. <laughs> Well, if, if Trump is a pragmatist, <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, well, uh, I don't know what to say. Then <laughs> that, that's, that's a really a, a, an extreme and, and, if I may say so, a vulgar way of talking about pragmatism. Mm-hmm. Trump and, and his, his ideas really don't seem to have much to do with any serious pragmatism in the philosophical sense of the term. Mm-hmm. If he is a pragmatist, then that's really crude. A crude way of being a pragmatist, precisely in the, in the sense that whatever works, then that's that's true for me, and and that that's that's practically equivalent to just giving up the concept of truth. Mm-hmm. And and certainly there is no self criticism uh, or or anything like this fallibilist spirit there. You ju- you just you just do whatever you can using the power you have in order to promote your own interest and and. and and something like that, and, and that that's not really pragmatism at all. But but then part of this sort of misunderstanding may have may have uh, resulted from some of James's perhaps unclear ways of, of formulating his his pragmatist views on truth already in the 1907 pragmatism book, or in, in particular in in that book, and and it was it was criticized rather heavily by some early analytic philosophers like Bertrand Russell, uh, for instance. And, and, and uh, so, so the received view among analytic philosophers in particular has been that, that, uh, that that's a really naive way of thinking about truth and, 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 uh, and, and it, it makes everything subjective and well, you know. And, and, uh, and, and if, you, if you look at the writings of, of any of these old pragmatists or, or, or the more recent pragmatists like Hillary Putnam, for instance, even Richard Rorty is much more sophisticated than, although he goes, goes uh, uh, much further than, than Putnam, for instance, in, in, in rejecting uh, realism. Uh, but uh, uh, but if, if, you, if you actually look at the writings of any of these people, then, then you, you, you notice that, it, that, that none of them is really just the straightforward subjective relativist or anything like that. Mm-hmm. They all, in their different ways, struggle with the question of, of, of how to maintain a certain degree of objectivity, uh, how, to, how to maintain a kind of pragmatic realism, although they may not call it by that name. Mm-hmm. And, 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 uh, and that, that's always an issue for them, an issue to be reflected on and, 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 and cri- critically reflected on. Uh, across the field of philosophy, not just in science or epistemology, but also in religion and ethics and, and, and also aesthetics and, and, and so on. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I love that because um, 
and I don't know if you're aware of Jordan Peterson's work, the psychologist, the clinical psychologist, um, who's got a little bit of recognition, but when he talks about the ideal or the good, he talks about, um, you know, at the lowest level of resolution, there is what is good or what is true for me, but at a little higher resolution, you have what's good or true for me and my friend and you keep going higher. What's good for me and my friend, our families, and you keep going up to our communities, our churches, our workplaces, our states or countries and then you have like the world and that's like the biggest or the meta true the meta good you know these ideals that we can you know we can zoom out at the highest level of resolution and aim for um and i think you know um do you think that that's an unpragmatic way of thinking it that way of thinking kind of helps me sort these things out resolution no i don't think it's unpragmatic you just uh, I think it's it's pragmatic to be aware of the ways in which there could be like these different perspectives. You could have a like a broader perspective. It doesn't it doesn't mean that the sort of uh, narrower perspective would would be irrelevant. It, it's it's of course relevant, and and for James in particular, the individual was always extremely important. Mm-hmm. But uh, but then uh, if you look at John Dewey's pragmatism, for instance, then then you would have the more social perspective. If if for James the sort of existential, individualist, ethical, religious issues were always uh, like like the the primary ones, then then for Dewey it's more like a matter of of, of developing democracy as a way of life and, and and like a more political pragmatism connected with science and and especially education in, in Dewey's case. So so. Uh, so perhaps we might also say that these different pragmatists have, in their own ways, uh, emphasized some of these uh, like uh, perspectives, or, or or some of them more more have been more focused on the individual, and and others more focused on those sort of wider social context and so on. Mm. Well, I want to be respectful of your time. I know you have a time limit here. Um, Just to conclude the conversation, what I love so much about pragmatism and why I'm interested in it so much is that it doesn't um, simply uh, reject or wave a hand away uh, at certain um at any specific idea philosophy belief that it takes everyone's specific perspective it takes um the variety of beliefs and ideas out there it takes each one seriously and it at least considers each one to see what the problems are what the negative or the positive consequences of it are and then it tries to find a sort of middle way between extremes um i appreciate that so much because i feel like especially today um that we need that kind of um, we need that kind of thinking. We need that kind of middle way um, perspective. It, it, that kind of wisdom of not just falling to either or extreme, but taking each idea, each perspective seriously. Um, to conclude, us, could you could you talk a little bit about your own personal um, experience with pragmatism? Um, and why you became interested in pragmatism and how um, it's helped you take uh, people's perspectives and ideas seriously. Well, um, um, yeah, I, I, I certainly agree about that characterization of pragmatism. I, I also find it, especially like at the meta level or metaphilosophical, extremely important. It's, it's, it's a philosophy that, that somehow tries to to look at the different ways in which all other philosophies could also be be uh, 
important and, and worthy of serious consideration. So, so it, it, it's not like dogmatically uh, locked inside a certain w philosophical way of thinking, but, but, but it, it's in a way open to conversations among different, even very, very different uh, philosophical approaches and traditions. Uh, but, uh, well, in my personal case, I was, I was trained uh, at the philosophy department uh, that, that is uh, fairly strongly analytic. Mm -hmm. And I have nothing against analytic philosophy. I, I also don't like that uh, sort of polarization that, that there would be analytic philosophy versus something like continental philosophy and, and or analytic philosophy versus pragmatism. So, so it, it's not necessary to, to think about them as, as, as rivals. Uh, I was I was led to, to pragmatism, I suppose, primarily by by my supervisor, Professor Ilkka Niiniluoto, who, who who is a philosopher of science primarily, and 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 uh, has written quite a lot about Peirce, for instance, and and uh, scientific realism. Uh, so uh, so it was uh, it was in that context that I first started to 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 work on pragmatism. I was interested, for instance, in, in the ways in which the the recent debates on scientific realism have have taken a kind of a or took a kind of a pragmatic shape in the eighties when Hilary Putnam and others started to to bring pragmatism into that picture and, and so on. Uh, and then I, I I was led back to to to, to the old historical pragmatists and and also also I was very much interested in in the way in which there is a kind of a Kantian background for all this, as we might say, the realism idealism issue as as it as it emerges in in Kantian philosophy. So uh, and then in that kind of context, I I was also also interested in in some sort of uh, special ways of applying. Pragmatism and also ways of of uh, of uh, of, of uh, trying to develop something like pragmatic realism or pragmatist objectivity in in relation to ethics, for instance, in uh, moral realism, uh, or then in in religion or philosophy of religion and 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 well, currently I'm professor of philosophy of religion at the University of Helsinki, so so that's that's uh, that's basically the field. Uh, in which I, I am now trying to 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 work on on pragmatism, but but certainly not only on pragmatism. I am also interested in in many other things, but also I, I would say that uh, even even if I'm working on on something completely different, there is a pragmatist dimension there usually, especially at the meta level, as we might say. For instance, in this theodicy or anti-theodicy problem of evil and suffering discussion, I, I think it's. It, at the meta level, it, it's a kind of a pragmatist interest in, in that problem. Some, somehow, that, that that sort of makes it a vital issue. I think it, it's it's the interest that you that you uh, that you have for, for this sort of uh, need to take seriously others' suffering and to to somehow find a way for philosophy to make a difference in, in that way. Mm. Well, uh, Professor Pilstrom, I appreciated so much having you on. Um, I would love to have you on again. We didn't even get it into your ideas of Kant's transcendental idealism and how it relates to pragmatism, which I would love to uh, talk to you again about um, if you ever have the chance. But I appreciate the time that you uh, okay. that you gave us today. Um, I appreciate it. I uh, I really enjoy your work, and I know that other people Thank will you. too.
Um, so thank you so much for that. Uh, do you have, um, what, are you working on any specific, uh, topic or book that's coming out recently that you'd like to promote or talk about? <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> I've been working on this evil and suffering, uh, topic for, for quite some time. And I continue to, to do something about that. Um, but, um, what yeah, is I, I guess that topic that, that interests you so much that you, that you take so seriously. Well, I think it's related to pragmatism in the sense that it's it's like metaphilosophical pragmatism that you 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 want to find a way for for instance philosophy of religion to somehow really matter in uh, in the way we think about uh, other human beings and, and the world in general. Uh, so uh, I, I think uh, that's probably one 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 reason. But yeah, I mean, I, I would be I would be pleased to to. At some point in in the future, talk talk again, for instance, about about Kant and, and, and those those topics that you mentioned. So so it's it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.